0: Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with him. Thanks so much guys. Well oh, the band's been busy this weekend. Those that were at the worship night last night there and the, up in the commons in Mykelnyak, it was such a blessing. And Thanks to everybody that was involved there and was helping out and making it happen. It was really great. Open air worship, it was awesome. Yeah, it was so cool to see guys walking past and coming for a chat or coming to just sit in God's presence. One guy was saying, he doesn't really get go up there often right up on the hill near the Telcom Tower there, and uh, and he says, but he realizes there was a reason, there was a reason for him to be there last night, so that was really cool. Laka, you guys have a good weekend? Average? Okay, decent. Cool. With, With Abigail, my oldest, being into tennis, we... We heard that there's the Davis Cup that they had at Tix this week, so that was really good. We went to see some of it on Wednesday and some of the finals yesterday. So yeah, that was awesome. And, and it's just free. You can just pitch there. And watch international tennis. It was amazing. Did you miss out? Sorry, buddy. <laughs> but it's, 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 tennis is one of those games where you can't really appreciate how fast it goes on on TV. Um, but, but my son, he, he was not so much into tennis, but he was saying, yo, this is this is different than on TV. This is much better than it's boring on TV. <laughs> so anyway, maybe we will start as well. Anyways, let's pray as we just get into the Word this evening. Father, we thank you for your Word and thank you for your presence right now. Thank you that you're already working in our hearts. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are Even as we just in your presence, you are transforming us, you're working in us. And we ask, Lord, above all else, let your kingdom come in our midst, in our lives, through our lives tonight, Lord. And let your name be glorified, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. If you've been uh, around, you know, uh, Philip was preaching about just us lifting up our eyes in faith and... um, yeah, if we missed some of the late, latest uh, messages, you're welcome to. You can listen to them, catch up on uh, on the downloads. There's also a great podcast that we have with new stuff on there. And some now and again, there's, for instance, there's a whole series on finances, which is really good. So don't be shy, go and do the podcast thing and go and listen to that stuff. It's really a blessing. Um, but yeah, so I want to continue a little bit of about this concept of us walking in faith and um and walking by the spirit. And you know, if we think about us as believers, um, you know, all about us walking in faith. We you know, we we you know this is part of why we do Bible school. We you know, we immerse ourselves in the scripture and even even with our kids, for instance, a big part of us, and this is not something I had when I was really small we We had the Bible, but there wasn't a big uh focus on applying the scripture <laughs> and uh, you know and that's something that's actually sometimes especially with the more abstract things It's tricky to teach our kids but it's it's so cool to see it bear fruit but the whole idea that I'm not just reading this for the sake of reading it, I'm reading it because it's life as the words it's life to my flesh and health to my bones or is it the other way around health to my flesh anyway but it's uh it means something and it's powerful and then also I'm not only reading it but I'm also applying it in my my daily walk and um and a big part of that application has to do with what we're talking about today is when when it becomes practical is how do we practically The word. So I'm going to look at a couple of things, and specifically, um, where we are called to walk different than the world that we're living in, and different to society. And uh, let's let's look at this first scripture here, Um, Galatians 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires. Of the flesh, and that's often the the two sides that we see. You know, either the spirit walking by the spirit, living by the spirit, um, excuse me, being led led by the spirit, or being led by your uh, desires of the flesh, led you know, going the way the rest of the world is going. Um, so there's like these these two paths always. Um, and what we're looking at tonight is what does it look like practically. Because sometimes these things become like a cliche. Yes, you know, walk by the Spirit. But how does it work for practically? Um, let's look at a couple of other scriptures just to lay the foundation. Let's go to the next one. So, in terms of, you know, oh, walking by the Spirit is life and, and walking by the flesh is death. Let's go to that scripture, Romans 8, verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Okay, so that's kind of a bummer. You know, it says it bluntly like that. <laughs> if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. That's a good tip right there, eh? Well, that's kind of simple <laughs> simple tip. Yes, but but what? how does it work practically? How, how do we, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the flesh to the deeds of the body? How do we do that? Okay, let's look at another one. Um, next one. In, in God's strength, 1 Peter four, eleven. Whoever speaks as one who... Another, this is uh, Peter encouraging us. He says, Whoever speaks, do so as one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that everything, in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion. Forever and ever, amen. And so he's saying, you know, when we go through our daily lives, as we do these things, how, how what does it look like to do it by the strength that God supplies, as opposed to my own strength or my own ability, my own capacity? What does it look like practically to do it in a way that is in God's strength? Okay, next one. Um, living by faith, this is one of my... Favorite scriptures, Galatians, one of the many, Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and the life that I now, that explains a bit, and the life that I now live in the flesh, in the physical, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, but again, what does it look like Practically. If we 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 quote this and we speak that over our lives. So this is I'm living by faith. I'm no longer living. Um, I'm the old yaku is dead. Christ is living in me. But what does that look like um, in a phys- in a practical day to day? What does it look like to live by faith? All right. And then finally, Second uh, Corinthians five seven. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Again, one that we quote a lot. We walk by faith. We walk different to the world. Um, We walk by faith and not by sight. What does that look like in a practical sense? You know, these days when the load shedding hits you unexpectedly, unfortunately sometimes you have to walk by faith until you can find your torch. It's not funny. I've hit my shins on stuff that shouldn't be there. And you know, kids leave stuff out of place, and in, in it's dark. Any case, yeah. But but you know, practically speaking, walking by faith and not by sight. What does it look like? So you know, I found this acronym. Couldn't find the word this morning. Hallelujah! I found this acronym that David, uh, what's his name, John Piper uses, and I found it quite practical. So I'm going to use his framework, his acronym, and then we just look at a couple of scriptures around how can we practically. Teach ourselves and get ourselves into a a habit of practically walking in the spirit rather than in the flesh, okay is that good? Should we look at that? Let's do that all right so unfortunately, it doesn't spell a cool word or something aptat write an email to John Piper and tell him to get up <laughs> come up with a better one anyway. Uh, so let's start. So um, admit. So yeah. So so this framework works in, in any situation. So you are. It could be massive decision you are facing, or it could be just a phone call you have to make. It could be huge. It could be small. It could be just your daily walk, or it could be you going into the a very important board meeting or a very important exam or something or a project or or you're going into a relationship. So it could be, you know what I'm saying, it could apply to many different um, situations. And the first three can typically be very quick. doesn't have to be a long process. The, the A part, the ACT part depends on what it is that you are about to do. And then, obviously, the last bit. Well, let's look at a bunch of scriptures around this. Firstly, we admit in uh, John fifteen, verse five. Jesus speaking again quite bluntly. He says, "I am the vine; you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit." So, if you're wondering about fruit in your life, abiding in him—that's the key. Then he says, just make sure that we get it. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So if you in any confusion there, you just again, very blunt. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I'm the vine. If you remove the branch out of the vine, it's going to die. All right? So, and especially in when we think in terms of anything spiritually significant or anything of eternal significance outside of Christ, we basically zero on a contract. All right? So... And this is the first part is where you come to God and you say, Lord, whatever this thing I'm going into now, maybe a, a big meeting or a project or something, Lord, I acknowledge that without you, I'm nothing. I admit my dependence. I, d- I confess my dependence upon you. I need your presence with me right now. And and we acknowledge, Lord, that without you, this, this, is, this kite's not going to fly, all right? So this is the plate. So we, and, and you know what's so what's so powerful about this being the starting point is that scripture tells us that God gives grace to the humble and but he opposes the proud. So right here at step A, I mean, that's a good start. At step A, we are humbling ourselves and we are opening the door for the grace of God in our situation. Isn't that amazing? Um so right from Step one, we are positioning ourselves well because we're coming in humility. Amen. So we're admitting that we I can't do this in my own strength and outside of your strength, outside of your presence. just you know, as Philip was saying the other day, that place where Moses says to the Lord, Lord, uh if you if you're not gonna come with us, please don't take us anywhere. We're just gonna stay right here. Similar situation, right, Lord, we need you, we we're depending on you. All right. We are dependent on you. Okay, then secondly, um pray. I think most of us have thought of this one. But let's look at how he puts it. Psalm fifty fifteen and and call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. There's such a so many scriptures in in the word where the Lord invites us to call on his name. Where he invites us to engage with him, When he says, "Call on me, and I will answer you. Call on my name. You know, cry out. Bring your petitions. Bring bring your prayers with thanksgiving." He, he invites us to pray. Invites us to engage with him. He invites us to bring our stuff. Okay, and um, and there's a promise there that he will deliver us, and he, and, and in that he will be glorified. Um, but in this this prayer, this it kind of it continues on this admitting thing we we're saying lord we need you and then it, then it becomes more specific we're saying lord i need your specific help with this situation right now and then we you know we pray into that specific thing that we're going into It could be like i said it could be simple it could be complex but god i i need your intervention here and at the same time lord maybe i need wisdom right now and that's another thing that god invites us to ask for is ask for wisdom Maybe I need wisdom for the situation. Lord, I need your wisdom right now. Um, need insight. But also what we pray in this in this step is God take away the stuff that's that's hindering me in this situation. Take away maybe fear or anxiety, take away um, you know, my my Need for man's approval in this situation, or in this meeting, I'm going. You know, deliver me from fear of man, or deliver me from uh, the need to impress my colleagues, or whatever it is, or my classmates. So I'm, I'm praying. I'm, I'm, I'm asking for God's help, but I'm also asking Him to to take away the obstacles that are that might be there. Okay. All right. But that obviously depends, especially on the situation. But what I like about this is that if, if we can, you know, teach ourselves the, the kind of a bit of a habit around this, it's going to help us to not go into the default. Our default tends to be to rely on our own capacity. Isn't that true? And I think the more equipped we get in worldly terms, the more qualified. We become or the more experienced we get in our job or whatever we are up to, I think, but might even get harder because now you have less reason to trust God or less reason to depend on him isn't it true um so so you know this is again, we would say, Lord, we ne- I need you in this situation, and deliver me from that place of depending on my own strength, all right, then thirdly, um after to praying now to to make a deliberate point of putting our trust in Him. This is the faith, but putting our trust in Him, and uh, and this is often where things go a bit pear-shaped, because you know that we we admit that we need God and we we pray, but sometimes this is where things can get can, where the wheels come off a bit. Because depending on the challenge that we're facing, often we it it gets a bit vague. This concept of I'm going to I'm going to trust God, or I'm going to hope that God will intervene, and I, you'll see what I mean in a moment. But uh, this uh, scripture right now is where, in the Second Chronicles 20, is where the, the the nation of Israel they face this huge army that are coming to wipe them. Okay, and that. They're basically done for. They don't have a chance. And the the king does the right thing and he goes to God and he humbles himself and he says, Lord, what should we do? Um and this is that that account of where the Lord tells them, You don't have to fight, but I'm gonna fight for you. You're gonna stand still and you're gonna see the salvation of the Lord. That scripture. But then and then the king responds in faith, and then he, he actually tells the, the worshippers. And those do, making music to go ahead of the the army. Uh, remember that one, and then and then they go ahead in thanksgiving and praise and worship, and then they, they literally they don't have to they don't even have to fight one. They don't even have to pick up their swords because the Lord wins the battle on their behalf. But this is what He tells them before they go into the battle. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat the king stood and said, "Hear me, Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe His prophets, and you will succeed. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe His prophets." His promises, and you will succeed because succeed. So by that time, the the word had come from the Lord through the through a prophet, saying, "This is what is going to happen." But then there's that crisis of faith, right? This is the word. This is the promise, but is this for real? It's quite risky, isn't it? Putting the band in front. You know, it, when I was in the military, the second part of the training was the officers' training. And then they got quite technical in strategy and how, you know, war strategies and stuff like battle strategies and stuff like that. And this, for instance, was not on the list. Putting the band on the front, that, that was not on the list of potential um, battle strategies. So th- there's a risk here because there's, a pro- there's been a promise that God will fight on our behalf, but now what are we going to do? Are we going to believe and now the king comes, and this is quite powerful because he's in charge, and he's saying, "Guys, this is the way. we need to believe that God, in God's promise. We need to believe in who He is and what He said He's going to do." And the way, that we, the reason why I'm saying is that often this is where stuff goes wrong is, is if if we're in a situation where we face a challenge or we face a difficulty, often you know we 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 get vague in our in our trust, and we find it difficult to trust God. And and most uh, sometimes it's because we don't have a specific promise that answers our specific challenge. But if we look at the life of Christ, and it's so clear that you know, when the when the Spirit often gets baptized, the Spirit leads him into the wilderness, and we see this um, place where he it fasts for forty days, and then. The devil comes and he tempts him. And go and read that again. It's so powerful to see that interaction. Because the devil comes and tempts him with something that's really tempting to him in that in that moment, but he answers him out of the word and says, This is what the word says. The word says. Yes, this, you know, he, he doesn't say it, but it, we can see that this must be temptation for him. But then he answers with scripture. Um and this is such a powerful concept that when we face a temptation, when we face something, that we can put our trust in a specific promise that God has made. That we can refer to the scripture and say, I'm going to stand on the promise of God because this is what God says for this situation. Amen. So in this situation, they, they were like, Lord, guys, we are in, the, in, a, in a tight space here. We, if God does not come through... This is going to go badly wrong. First, the band is going to be wiped. <laughs> then, <laughs> then we're going to be wiped because there's so many of these guys. So there's a risk to this, but they are standing on a, a word, a promise that God made to them. Amen. And let's look at some examples. So for instance, if your specific challenge is fear, let's look at the scripture there. Then this is, this is your promise right here. Isaiah 41 verse 10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isn't that a great promise to have in your pocket when you're facing fear in your arsenal, right? Now, you know, you're in a situation and fear is staring you in the eyes and Instead of panicking, running away, you say, you know what? I have a promise from God for this situation. I will not fear because I will not be dismayed because he is with me. He is my God. He will strengthen me. He will help me. He will uphold me. Amen? And then this changes the dynamic. This is not a vague, I'm just going to hope for the best. I'm just going to trust God. And this is something powerful because this is a promise that he has made. Are you with me? So I want to encourage us to to find that specific promise that is relevant to your challenge. The thing about the scriptures, there are hundreds and hundreds of promises in the Bible, and you know what? Somebody has already done the work to find all of them. So go and Google it. There are lists of these things out there, promises of God in Scripture, and um, so powerful for us to internalize those. Even you know if you make a habit of in your in your morning devotion or your time in scripture in the day to take to to take a promise out of that piece of scripture and to carry it with you during the day, isn't that amazing? To meditate on it, to to, to you know read it or think about think on it during the day. And then, and that's how we internalize it, and we make it part of our daily walk. And then let's look at another example. if If your challenge is covetous, covetousness or anxiety about finances, for in, for instance, you know, stressing about budgets and money I think we all can kind of relate to this one. Hebrews 13 five and six says, "Keep your life free from love of money. Be content with what you have." For he has said, this is the promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? That's another one. Great. The context we know this you know the, he's quoting, he's actually quoting from Psalm 118 here. But in this context, he's quoting and saying, This is relevant when it comes to finance. Don't don't stress, don't fall into this trap of love of money or covetousness or you know, whatever it is, or stressing about money says, because this is what God has said. You know, uh, something that's been in my heart the last couple of weeks again is <clears throat> when it comes to our faith walk, we hear about, you know, we all have received a measure of faith. And we hear about how we, you know, can we grow in our faith? How does, you know, how does our faith get tested? It can, can grow. It can, you know, maybe it can shrink. I don't know. But, we, but that's not actually the most important thing. What is really significant is the person in whom we put our faith. That's what really matters, isn't it? That's why faith is so powerful. Because even if I have just a little bit. Because I'm putting my faith in the King of kings, the creator of the universe, the one that is all-powerful and all-present, the one that has created everything and is sustaining the whole universe with His power and by His word, even my small bit of faith, because I'm putting it in Him, makes a massive difference. Amen? Because it's whom I'm putting my trust in that really matters. Not how effectively I'm doing it or how full of faith I am I mean that comes and goes. One day we feel full of faith, and the next day we don't feel so great. But the point is the one that the, the object of our faith, the person that we're putting our trust in, that's what really makes the difference. Are you with me? So and this one also, says, "This is this is the one that's made the promise. This is not a random promise. This is the King of Kings that has made this promise. This is the one where the Scripture says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything. This is the one that's promising." Be content with what you have. and I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. I mean, let's look at another one quickly. Um, bitterness or anger or vengeance or, you know, sitting in a situation where you may be being, a, you know, accused of stuff. You know, the world we live in says, you know, fight for your right. You know, defend yourself. Um... Be vocal, go onto social media, do your thing, you know. Um, but this, the scripture says differently, Romans twelve nineteen says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Never avenge yourselves, that's hectic, that goes against the grain, doesn't it? I remember every time I read the scripture, I remember the situation we had in, in England when we were living there. A friend of mine was, he, I can't actually remember the details, but he was—he had a court case against him, and he had to go to court, really tense and hectic situation. He had to appear in court, um, and I remember him being really uh, stressing about this, I mean, who wouldn't? And then we were praying with him about it, and he got a really specific word, and he felt God saying, don't. Defend yourself! Don't defend yourself. You got the scripture. Don't fight for yourself. In fact, he, got a, he felt the Lord saying he should he should not say anything. And this is such a powerful testimony. Afterwards, he came. I mean, he just shook, he shook his head and said, "You will not believe." But after you know the case was brought before the judge, the judge literally before he could say anything to defend himself, the judges threw it out. But that was God's word from that day, is do not say a word, do not defend yourself. Uh, and the Lord was faithful in that. So, but what I'm saying is, and this is again, this is why we, we immerse ourselves in the scripture. This is why we want to equip ourselves with the, the sword of the spirit, right, which is the word of God. That when I am in that situation, I am equipped with the, with the scripture to answer the situation, the challenge with the promise from the Bible. And um, you know, back in the day, I, I remember the Lord showed me this picture. If you, you know, you're full of faith and you're walking by faith, and you're a believer and you're trusting in God. And then you're facing a challenge or a spiritual battle situation, and you whip out your sword, and and you 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 kind of shocked because you have a little pen knife, your little pocket knife in your hand, you know, and you're like, "Hona, this is this is my sword of the spirit," because this is all that you. You've equipped yourself with you know you know you haven't you know equipped yourself with scripture and and that really challenged me to to actually put myself in a such situ- in a place where I can be equipped by the word where I can grow in my revelation of scripture um, allow the Holy Spirit to to make that real in my life. Amen. All right. Um, and this trust part is is also the part. Where we put our faith in the fact that we are led by the Spirit. Those that are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Amen. So um and this is another thing that, that happens when we when we're putting our faith in Him is we're saying, Lord, I'm trusting you to go before me. I'm trusting you to direct me by your Spirit. And again, you know, this is this is one of those things where um if we're not being deliberate about this, this is gonna be a challenge in your walk with God. Because isn't that one thing where the enemy keeps on putting doubt is did I hear God? <laughs> is this the voice of God? Did I is this God's will? Isn't that something that often comes up in our walk with God? Did I hear God right? Is this the is this my own thoughts or is it God speaking to me? But the the cool thing is he says, I am the good shepherd. And he also says, "My sheep hear my voice." So that is the that is the guarantee. Obviously, I believe we can grow in our ability to hear, and that's that's true for children. I mean, so maybe <laughs> sometimes um, I have the most amazing children. If you haven't met them, do yourself a favor and come to the morning service. But <laughs> no, obviously, I'm a little bit biased. But um, but they have their moments, right? They have their moments where it seems like they are completely deaf. Or at least very selective in what they choose to pay attention to. You know, David's got this face. You know, and, I, and I ask him, what did, what did I say about this? And he, and he realizes... Uh, He's in trouble now, you know he then heracks his thoughts He's was like what did what did you say about this? And like it was like it wasn't two weeks ago, it was thirty seconds ago what <laughs> it's like and he's like uh, you know, <laughs> any case, so we can grow in our ability to hear God, and that is a, that is a walk of faith all in its own is putting ourselves in a place where I have to hear God's voice." And then, and that's that's why that's why Bible school is great, but small group is great because we we can practice. Say, Lord, give me a word for somebody in small group, and then I will tell that person and say, Does it make sense? Or you know, it's a safe place where we can make mistakes, where we can grow, where we can realize, oh, you know what, I missed that, and or we can realize, wow, you know what, that person had that scripture and I had the exact same scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were praying for the worship night the Lord gave me actually this scripture about the band going in front, you know, about a, like being a, the one that you just read, um, about being in an active war, and then one of the guys as we were praying, one of the band guys got the same scripture, and and that's encouraging, because that's saying, yes, we, we are hearing the same spirit, alright, but there's something we can grow in, is saying, okay, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to be confident that I'm hearing your voice, and I want to be I, can, I want to be bold in my obedience in what you're telling me to do. Amen. So we are led by the Spirit. We are. We hear His voice and we put our trust in Him. So let's trust for those specific promises for our particular situation. I really believe, and I really believe for tonight. If if you're in that situation where you in a in a situation where there's a bit vague trust going on. I really believe God wants to give you a specific promise from the Word um, for your situation. Okay, let's go on. And then then the act part, all right? So again, it can be, <clears throat> be different things, um, but, you know, as spiritual as we are, there is still action needed, right? We still need to move in obedience. We still need to do stuff, say stuff, move in obedience to what God is saying. Uh, so this is just as important. And the key here is now Now this is different than before. Maybe before, I, you know, I've, I've been well qualified in my, what I'm doing in my job or whatever. I mean, I've got skills. I've got experience. Um, I'm used to relying on all those things to do what I need to do, but now I'm still... I still have all those experiences and and skills and everything, but now I'm doing this in a different way because I've admitted that I knew God. I've prayed about it. I've put my trust in Him. And now I've positioned myself in a way that as I'm doing this thing, the power of God can be at work in this situation, in what I'm doing. Isn't that amazing? So, And I believe if we kind of... We're, ourselves in a a habit around this, we're going to see a difference in what it means to walk by faith and by God's power. Let's look at Philippians 2, talking about this in verse 12. Work out, so working out, you know, implies action. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And that is, it brings us to a point where we are positioned so that He is working in us. Um, and His strength is made manifest in us. And His, you know, as, as we read at the beginning, we do it with the strength that He supplies. That's a completely different dynamic. Amen. All right. In terms of um acting and walking in by faith and walking in the power of the Spirit, I find that having that scripture in you <laughs> is just ch- is a game changer. And often, you know, we we, we face a situation now this obviously it, Sometimes we don't have time now, to, you know, if there's a crisis. <laughs> a friend of mine, actually one of our, was one of the pastors that had a major impact on my life as a young believer, he tells the story of how the Lord did something that really changed his life in terms of his relationship with Scripture. But he was a young dad, you know, his son was very young, maybe a couple of months old. And he was, those years, they didn't have those seats on on the trolleys where you can strap the child in. You can come to that point, you know. You being a parent, you understand that, that the need to strap down a child is actually a thrill. You know, it's uh, they come at a to an age where you so you you just long for the days we could leave them somewhere, and when you come back, they're still there. It's just amazing. It doesn't last long. Maybe just a few months before they start crawling. But it's, it's so cool because you just put them down there and you come back and they, they're still there. It's, yeah, but once that f- season is finished, it's just, it's not like that anymore. Anyway, but his son was in the trolley and he was reaching for something on the shelf as kids, as babies do. And he wasn't, he was looking the other way, doing doing obviously look, shopping. And then the child Toppled out of the trolley and he f- fell on his head. And he says he it, it got the shock of his life because the kid just passed out, his eyes rolled back, and there was blood coming from his ear. You know, and he says this, this was the most horrific moment as a parent. And he, he but his testimony was that. In that moment, the Holy Spirit reminded him of a scripture that he had memorized years before, and the scripture that says that "You will not die, but live and proclaim the works of the Lord." And that's all he could had in his mind in that moment. and he just started speaking. He just started speaking the scripture over his son. Because what do you do in a situation like that? And he says, as soon as he started speaking the promise of God, but, and he says, if he hadn't memorized that word, that scripture, what would the Holy Spirit have reminded? If he hadn't read that and meditated on it, you know, and he says, he started speaking that scripture, and immediately, the son was back. And his eyes were normal, and although there was still signs of there was some bleeding, they, they did all the tests, and there was nothing wrong. And he, he says he realized that the power of having the Word in you and having the Holy Spirit remind you of that Scripture, that verse, that Word, and then by faith speaking that into that crisis situation. Amen so are we equipping ourselves with the, the the word that we are able to speak it into that into that crisis and it doesn't have to be a crisis it can be any situation but in this one there wasn't time for all these things i mean but the word was in him hallelujah let's go on all right then um the last bit here is to to thank god to to um In thanksgiving, let's read Psalm 106. I give thanks to the Lord, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His steadfast love endures forever. And this kind of completes the cycle because we come again to the place where we, we started and we humble ourselves and we're saying, Lord, everything good that's happened now, is because of you. Everything, every blessing, every good and perfect gift comes from you. There's nothing good in our lives that isn't from Him. Amen. There's no life in us. There's no life and goodness in our lives that isn't from the Father. And coming in thanksgiving cements that. And it 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 helps us to walk the walk of faith because again we are saying, Lord. I mean, maybe you know, maybe this was a long process. Maybe the act thing was a couple of months, or maybe it's a project, and to come at the end to realize, Lord, I prayed about this a couple of months ago, and I look back now and I can see Your hand intervening. I can see Your hand of provision. I can see You giving wisdom, and I give You all the glory and all the thanks and all the praise. And the second part of this thanksgiving though I want to add is to, to make a point of testifying about what God has done. There's such a powerful dynamic when we make a point of saying, you know what happened to me this week or this month or this year, and we tell somebody in small group, in church or somewhere. it doesn't have to be in front of the whole congregation if that's not your thing, but if you want to encourage a lot of people, that is great. But to make a point of saying, telling somebody, listen, I was praying, I was trusting God, I put my faith in Him and this is what He did. Because not only does it encourage somebody else, but it's, we're making a declaration out loud, we're saying, this is who God is in my life. And we're also building a memorial, we're putting up monuments saying, "For saying, this is something I'm going to remember. Next week when I face a similar challenge, I can remember, you know what? God has been faithful and useful for be faithful again. He's been good to me and he's going to be good to me again. Amen. So that giving thanks and giving him praise and and acknowledging his his goodness is a really powerful way to um to end with this this habit that we are establishing. All right. Let's um, take some time to pray. Why don't you stand with me this evening? it comes to putting our trust in our, you know, in God the the trust part. somebody said the other day one of the biggest one of the t- areas the areas that we often struggle with it's more difficult to trust God is the area of finance and the area of relationships you know, it's the areas where it's so close to home Sometimes difficult for us. We want to be in charge. We want to be in control. We want to somehow figure this thing out in a reasonable way. You know, you I know, mean, especially when around are finances, it's there's such a there's a shift from a place where we do things according to our reasoning, according to something that is thought out and makes sense, and it you know it it fits. It kind of makes all makes sense. We look at your budget, and you think, you know, what this is. I want to bless somebody with something because this, it fits in my budget. It makes sense. There's, there's a difference. That's not really faith, is it? <laughs> when it? When it's in a place where God prompts you to bless somebody or to, to help somebody out, and you look at your budget and you realize, I cannot afford this. That, that's where faith comes in. That's where boldness comes in in terms of obedience. That's where, okay, I'm going to step out of the boat now because now... I'm, I'm tr- trusting because my budget says I can't do this, but God is prompting me to do it. Are you with me? So that then we're stepping into the the realm of faith. Um, similarly with relationships and many other places where we want to be in control. It's, it's that point where I realize, okay, now I'm not in control. Now things are getting a bit scary because I don't have I don't have it all together. <laughs> That's that's where the rubber really hits the road and that's where we can stand on the faithfulness of God. Amen. That's where we can look back on our lives and we can say, "Yo, in every difficult season he has been good and he has been faithful. You know, it's something Anna and I my wife and I have seen so often. You know, we when we go through a tough season, maybe financially or maybe different you know, different things different battles but it's so powerful when we can look each other in the eye and say but do you remember that situation we were in a couple of years ago do you remember what God did do you remember how he came through and then you know it's, so, it's such a powerful concept when we, especially when we talk with our children we say you know this is a difficult situation but you know what do you remember that time <laughs> when God did this and when we were in this problem situation, we prayed and, and God came through. And we look at those monuments and we, so we can reflect on the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Amen. So this evening, um, I want us to pray. And specifically, you know, our walk of faith starts when we put our trust in God as our Savior. This, this journey, this walk of faith, this walking by the Spirit and not by the flesh starts when we choose to no longer be in control of our own lives. When we choose to walk away from sin. When we choose to put our trust in God as our King, as our Lord and as our Savior. Now, if you have not yet made that decision, I believe the Lord is inviting you tonight. Make that choice to follow him as king and as savior. As I was praying before, I also felt that there's some here that are in that space where maybe it's maybe it's something. It's it's for some it's a cycle. For some it's a cycle that there's a there's a challenge or a cycle, a destructive cycle that you facing a similar challenge repeatedly, and you're you're you feel a bit. Um, paralyzed because you're facing the same thing again and you don't know you, you're, you know the, you're in that place of vague trust I want to trust God but I don't know really know how and I really believe God wants to speak into your situation um, so I want to pray with you just now but I believe he wants to speak up a promise over your situation to and to you know equip you with the word and with scripture to be able to, to answer your challenge with a promise amen Amen. Uh, let's pray hallelujah lord we so thankful we thank you for your presence yeah father thank you that you know each one here you know us so intimately you know our, our fears you know our dreams you know our failures and you know us to the very core. You know us better than we know ourselves. And yet, Lord, you invite us closer. Even though you know us at our worst, you accept us through the blood of Jesus. Our oh, Father, thank you that you have paid the ultimate price through giving your Son so that we can have a real relationship with the real God. And thank you that you invite every heart right now. You invite us to come closer to you.